Welcome back to Like to Know It Influencer Radio. I'm your host, Amber Vinsbox. This week, we're sitting down with one of our very early clients, Danielle Bernstein, the founder and face behind We Wore What. Danielle never imagined that starting her blog as a student at FIT would evolve into a full-time career. At age 25, Danielle was named a Forbes 30 Under 30, and today, her business has grown to span multi-platform digital content, fashion lines, and she has a new book on the way. Danielle shows no signs of slowing down. Her 2.2 million followers are fiercely loyal and rightfully obsessed with the high fashion look she puts together every day. On today's episode, Danielle shares who she is, the evolution of her business, and where exactly she's going next. You'll even get some of the networking tips, learn why she thinks that everyone should have a life coach, and get a sneak peek from her upcoming book. I'm thrilled to introduce you to my friend, Danielle. Danielle, millions of people are following you across social media and they get this peek into your life and what it is today and what a successful influencer looks like in this environment. But I'm so curious what it was like growing up as Danielle Bernstein. What was your family like? Where, where were you born? So, hi, first of all. I am from Great Neck on Long Island. It's about a 20-minute train ride outside the city. And I grew up in a small town, um, I like kind of a little bubble, and I had a really nice upbringing. I mean, I played sports. I have two brothers. My parents were always in the picture until I was 13 when they got divorced, and then everything kind of changed for me. What changed when they got divorced? Well, I always like to say that I was old enough to completely understand it, but young enough to be completely affected by it. So I think from like a vague perspective, it really helped me to grow up a lot faster. So I became a young adult before I was a young adult. And I really wanted to always sit at the adult table rather than the kids' table at holidays. I'll I'll never forget. That was sort of like the first thing I noticed or my parents noticed about me. And I think that, you know, things just got very real very quickly. And I was forced to grow up a lot faster than most kids. And your brother was younger. I have two brothers, one older and one younger. But I'm definitely like between my brothers, the oldest seeming. And I put that in air quotes since you can't see me right now. But I take care of them emotionally, I think. Did you guys stay in the same house or did you guys end up kind of dividing or stay in the same city even? We ended up staying in the same house. My pa- my dad left the house um, and my brothers and I stayed there until we went to college. Then my mom moved to a smaller house. And then where did you go to college? I went to Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin-Madison for my freshman year. Go Badgers. And then I transferred to FIT, the okay. Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. Growing up, did you know that you wanted to be in the fashion industry? No, I never thought of fashion as more than just like a mere shopping habit. Um, I really did not know exactly what I wanted to do. I thought maybe I wanted to be an event planner or do something in nightlife because I loved going out and I, I was the social chair of my sorority. And I was even before that in high school, I would throw all the parties and organize events for my class. Um, so I thought something with event planning was what I wanted to do. And then fashion was something that I sort of just fell into. I was always obsessed with it, but I didn't really know what it was then more than more than just an obsession. Did you have a specific focus at FIT? I was an advertising and marketing communications major. So 
that, I guess. Um, but when I got to FIT, the week I got to FIT is when I started my blog. So once that happened, I was really focusing on that. How did you know about blogging? I, when I was at Wisconsin, started following bloggers because I needed a way to connect to fashion. And there were only a few at the time. It was like Ellen Kling and Rumi Neely and Brian Boy, maybe. And I followed Stylecaster and, you know, I was on Vogue.com every day and the websites that existed that posted fashion content, but there really wasn't that much going on. And so I started a blog just because I wanted to for fun when I was at Wisconsin. It was actually called Speak of Chic. And it's so random and such a bad name, but I really didn't take any pictures of myself. I just wrote articles. So it was really heavy on the writing. And then when I transferred to FIT, I was surrounded by all this amazing style and what people wore to school was so drastically different than what they wore in Wisconsin. Like we were wearing sweatpants and Uggs every day. Here in FIT in the city, everyone was dressing up and they dressed so well. And so I really wanted to show my friends back at Wisconsin, here's what you can wear to school every day if you try. And so I picked up a camera, taught myself how to use it and started photographing street style, which is when we wore what was born. So did you set up like a timer on a camera or how are you shooting yourself? Well, I wasn't shooting myself. It was street style. So I was shooting other girls. Um, so I was a photographer. Oh, okay. So yeah. you're on the other side of the line. I was a street style photographer. That's why it's called We Wore What because it's we as in the girls of New York City, what we're wearing was just sort of a play on words. And then about a, f- a few months in, maybe three, six months in, I had my best friend start taking my photos. And when my readers, which were like a few hundred people at the time, realized that it was me behind the camera. They wanted to see more of my style. And so I started focusing on my personal style. And that's when we were what transitioned to a personal style blog. What year was all of this happening? 2009. So like 10 years ago. Yes. Yeah, so the very, very early days of this. The very early days. Did you know getting into this that this would end up being your career? No. I mean, it was completely a hobby. I really did it to provide my friends back at school with this daily source of outfit inspiration. And then I sort of felt this responsibility and it became like my calling to provide people with this inspiration for getting dressed in the morning, which should be the easiest part of your day, but it's sometimes the hardest for us girls. Was this all happening while you were at school or after school was the blog immediately your job? It was while I was at school, during school, in between classes, during classes, at night. I literally lived and breathed my blog. I still do live and breathe uh, We Wore What. Obviously now more Instagram than my blog, but it was happening at all hours of the day and I like couldn't get enough of it. What was your first job? My first job ever was at a clothing store in my town in Great Neck called Max and Gina's. Or apparel addiction. It changed. They changed their name. I'm not sure which one came first, but I worked the cash register and I helped people pick out their outfits. It was that, I guess, growing up in high school before you. That, yeah, that was in high school. That was probably sophomore year of high school. Do you think that anything has applied from what you learned there to being an influencer? I think that. I really just wanted to be around the clothing um, and I wanted to earn some extra money. So I literally spent every paycheck I got in that exact store. So I think it was more of my mom never spoiled me growing up. I was never just given free reign to go shopping. Um, You know, we did fine, but we didn't have a ton of money. So I definitely was looking for a way to buy myself new clothes. So this is one of the funny things about retail shops because I also worked retail Mm -hmm. and during the summer when girls would come in and ask to intern, my boss would always say yes. And I'd ask him why. And he said that interns will spend more money in the store than they cost to be there. Yeah. And so it's always a good deal. 
That's incredible. They're also free of their interns. <laughs> Back in the day, yeah, they were free. I guess in New York now. Is now it... it's illegal to have a free intern, but yes. <laughs> in all the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> At what point in your blogging did this turn into a career choice? I think right when I decided to take it more seriously, um, about a year into doing it, I was at FIT and I and I asked my father, I actually presented him, I did this whole presentation in his office of why I need to take a semester off of school and pursue this full time. And if I couldn't support myself or sort of support myself by the end of that semester, then I would go back to school. And so I never went back. I'm a dropout. <laughs> well, a very successful dropout. Yeah. <laughs> that's something that's so interesting to me in your story is that you've, you're you super resilient, super driven. And, you know, in, in our communications with you, it's you are on top of it and always looking for windows and doors and opportunities. Is that something that your parents instilled in you? or? My dad has always been really entrepreneurial. Um, I mean, he owns his own business. And I think I get a lot of my business savvy from him. And then my mom is the super resilient, determined one. So kind of get it from both of them, but neither of them have that great fashion sense. So I'm not really sure where that came from. In the early days of monetizing your blog, what did that look like? How did you make money? In the beginning, it was, well, in the beginning, I didn't get paid at all. Um, in the beginning, it was brands sending me product even on loan to wear and then send them back. And then eventually it was them sending me products as gifts. And then eventually they sent me the product as a gift and also paid me to photograph it and style it and wear it on my blog. Um, and that was the main source of income for a while. Was there a point that you started noticing things changing and, and that you started moving more of your content into social platforms? I mean, the second my Instagram started having more followers than the monthly impressions I was getting on my blog is when I started to focus on social media. Do you find yourself creating different types of content there versus what was on your blog? My blog was high-rise images of my outfits, um, and I actually used to photograph, like every Monday I would photograph five outfits, and then I would post them once a day for the week. And now it's just completely real time. Whatever I'm wearing that day gets thrown on social media and then the blog as an afterthought. It's an after the fact thing that I'll post my outfits as like a week in review and I'll link to the products I'm wearing using reward style, obviously, since forever. <laughs> and yeah, it's really all Instagram now. Do you think that that will continue to change for you and there'll be different content formats or different platforms or does this feel like home? Instagram definitely feels like home and I know it's not going anywhere anytime soon, but I of course try and diversify the content I put out there on the different platforms, but it really is my number one. So you've been creating content, you're, you know, growing certainly your earnings over time with this. And then now you have multiple business ventures. When did you first start exploring other revenue streams or investment opportunities? I launched Second Skin Overalls, a line of overalls that I had about three years ago. And that's because I was sort of known for wearing overalls. In 2013, my tagline was overalls are my second skin. And I saw space in the market that I knew I could fill. I was like, there's no one brand that makes overalls and jumpsuits. Just that. And I was like, I'm going to be the first brand to do it. And so I launched with a line of denim overalls, ones that were inspired by vintage pieces I had collected over the years, but had a really modern fit with a really great quality. And we launched with that. And then I ran it myself for about three years, direct to consumer. And it did really well. And I reinvested every dollar I made back into the company. And it was a really good learning experience. But I realized shortly after that I don't want to do it on my own anymore. 
And so, well, not shortly after, three years after. Um, and because of my collaboration with Onya and my swim collaboration, I decided to bring everything under one umbrella, under Shop We Were What. And I signed a licensing deal with them for them to become my production partners for the brands. And so now I have my own showroom and my own team all at their office. And it's on its own now. When you decide that you want to start a line, what happens? Like, what are the first steps within that? I had no clue what the first steps were. So my first step was out finding someone who did. So we hired a technical designer and somebody who knew production in and out. And she helped us bring the product to life. And we found a warehouse in New Jersey that could house the product and ship it from there. And went from there. So were you truly like packing boxes, shipping boxes? No, I made sure I, I, I knew enough to not do that in the beginning because that's crazy. Um, so we, that's why we hired a warehouse in New Jersey. Did any of your training from FIT come in here or this was all fresh knowledge? I think everything I've learned, and I'm not. this is not to say FIT is an amazing place, especially if you don't know what you want to do in the fashion industry. But I think most of my knowledge for my career has been self-taught and has come from my experiences. So to amass a following of 2 million people, you have to really know how to connect with others. So how do you think about that? Like the captions that you're putting out, the things about your life that you're showing? I just make sure to speak to my followers through my Instagram like they're my best friends. So, you know, like, hey, guys, I literally just posted like, I'm looking for green earrings like this to wear tonight. Like community of followers help me find these. And I literally got so many jewelry brands and followers that knew of jewelry brands that had an earring, like what I was looking for, reach out and, and help me find it. And so they're really just, you know, I talk to them about how I'm feeling throughout the day. I, I try and keep my captions and my content as relatable as possible. But obviously there are times, you know, where I'm at Paris Fashion Week sitting front row at a show and those are the more aspirational times. So I always like to say my blog is the perfect mix of relatable and aspirational. So when I think of generations of influencers, there's been different types of content that have been really popular. So you think about like hauls or unboxing on YouTube, or you think about there was a whole period where people would travel with like a massive couture dress to the top of a mountain and take a photo with it blowing in the wind. And that was the content that was well received. And then, you know, today you're doing dance videos. Content sort of goes through trends, doesn't it? The way that fashion comes in and out and has it, it trends, content, certain types of content trends. I remember the content I would do a few years ago used to have no saturation to it. I would like desaturate everything and I would just find the most solid wall I could find. And then I got super into posting colorful and having my feed be super colorful. And there was one point where I would do accessory photos and shoe photos and and locations, and then I would only do outfits and me and what I was wearing. And then there was a time where I never wanted to post my face and not wear sunglasses. And then now I really like to show my face and and do relatable expressions and and things that I think will engage with my followers more. And so I feel like that's all a matter of trend, or I mean, just evolving and and going through the stages and growing up. But I, it's there definitely is sort of like trendy content out there. So where did the dance stuff start? The dance is completely a hobby, is still a hobby. I don't take myself seriously or call myself a dancer. Um, but the Ricky sisters are two girls that I went to high school with, middle school with also, and I've known my whole life. And we actually taught dance together to little kids when we were in high school in a school gym. And then we just continued to – we kept, we always kept in touch, but we never really danced together in my adult years until – a year and a half ago, I reached out to Alyssa, the older sister, and I said, I really want to dance again. I just miss it. And she came over. We danced. And I was like, let's just record it for fun. And even though it wasn't that good, the first one, I posted it to my Instagram and it got over a million views. 
And I was like, wow, maybe I should do this more often. And then I started weekly dancing with them, A, as a workout, B, because it brings so much joy to my life, and started posting it weekly. And now it's like We Dance Sweat is totally a thing. Do you ever think about content in so in this example you gave you know it did well and so you built out more do you ever go sit in a room and say what's gonna well Mm -hmm. no because I feel like that's inauthentic and everything I do with my platform my blog my Instagram is all based on like a gut feeling and sort of what I want because I like to think my followers are an extension of me so I'm like oh I would love to see it that way so maybe my followers will also like to see it that way and so the content I produce and, and sort of the business decisions I make sort of are, are not necessarily planned out, um, even though there is planning involved in my business. It's just sort of what comes natural. So jumping back to kind of the business and expansion of the business, we have the blog, we're expanding into overalls and product. You've mentioned podcast. What was kind of the, the timeline and progression of all of these things that you've added to your business? Um, They've all happened within the past few years. And then, you know, once I built a large enough following and realized I have something to add to other companies as far as my expertise in this industry, then I realized I could start doing some investing and advising. And so, you know, working with different tech companies and products, um, lifestyle companies to become a strategic investor or advisor for them is something that I found to be Uh, a really cool experience and sort of like the next step in my entrepreneurial journey. Um, A CBD company, Highline Wellness, is a perfect example of that because I was introduced through it very naturally through Mo. And she noticed how stressed I was. And she told me to start taking it every day. And I did. And I noticed a big difference. And I posted about it naturally. And then they reached out to do a series of sponsored posts for six months. And then halfway through that contract, I was like, you know what? I love this company. I think the CBD industry is growing. I would love to work with you guys. Instead of paying me, I want a piece of the company, equity. And You I'll pulled become, a Beyonce. Yes, I pulled a Beyonce to a much less amazing extent of it. How what, did, what was her thing with Coachella? Instead of being paid, she got a piece of Coachella or a piece of the revenue or something. Uh, Uber. So she was, oh, was invited to, to seeing it. Oh, she got Uber equity that's now worth like – Way more than she would have gotten paid. (laughs) It's insane. That's like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Kind of on a much smaller scale. It's pretty savvy to do something like that. Do you have business advisors that you work with? Yes, I have um, wealth managers and a business management team, um, although they had nothing to do with this deal. It's sort of just something that I wanted for myself. and had experienced through my mentors and people around me that it was even like a possibility, like what equity even meant in a company is something I learned um, not too long ago, but a long time ago. And felt like, you know, eventually when I proved myself that that would be something I could ask for. What do you feel like you've learned lately? Lately? Well, I've just raised $1.2 million for my new tech platform that is launching next month. So I have learned a lot about raising money and what it means to raise in a seed round with safe notes and how to evaluate your company and when there's an evaluation cap and all these really fun tech things that I can't wait to share or all these fun startup things that I can't wait to share with my followers once I officially announce the product. Outside of kind of specific technical learnings, are there sort of philosophical things that you've realized lately as you've grown in this industry and you're growing up as a woman? So definitely there have been a ton of life lessons throughout my journey. I've worked with a life coach now for four years, almost five years actually. 
and tell us what a life coach a does. life coach so I mean when she comes over I'm like oh my therapist is here but she's not a therapist she's really someone instead of focusing on the past and why we are the way that we are it's like this is who we are now how do we become the best version of ourselves and the most authentic version of ourselves and so she literally will give me the tools I need to be a better person from the language I use when I'm speaking to people the, my communication skills um, my attitude towards certain things in life but we Mo and I have met with her several times together to work on team building and the way that our relationship should be with our employees. So uh, I think throughout the year is everything from, you know, better language I can use, uh, how to be more present in certain situations. I mean, she's taught me so much. So that's a lot of self-development that's happened. I've heard about a book that you've been writing for, I think, a little while now. I actually started writing it four years ago, and then I put it on hold because I was like, all right, this is not, I'm not ready for this yet. But now, by the time this comes out, I will have announced it. And so it's coming out in the spring. I don't have the exact date yet, but it is a book that's sort of, it's sort of a how-to book. It's not a memoir, but it's about my life. So it's it's a how to make it in New York and and a big city through my eyes and my stories. So it's not a fashion book at all. Although there are fashion stories in it, but and there's relationship stories there, and there's a lot of sex in it. There's a lot of like inappropriateness that's really fun to read about. Um, nothing too crazy, nothing too Fifty Shades of Grey. Can you give <laughs> us any teasers on some of the stories that we might read? The way I started writing the book was this single summer I had um, after I broke up with my ex that was three exes ago, actually. Danielle. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've had three boyfriends since. Um, three exes ago, I broke up with him or he broke up with me, actually. And I had this summer of like romance and like all these things kept happening to me that I was like, wow, I should write about that. Wow, I should write about it. And then there was this one time that I was caught in the dog park with my hot model neighbor and we were, it it started torrential downpouring and we started making out in the rain and I was like, oh my God, this is so like a movie. This doesn't happen. And so I started writing it down as a story and that's how the book started. As followers, we admire the work that you've done and the way that you've continued to capture audiences' attention. Do you have any practical tips or tools or things that you're using in your own business that help you survive or have been useful as you grow your brand? So many. Um, I get asked business advice and blog and influencer advice all the time. And, you know, obviously my blog was the product of organic growth, but there are definitely things you can do to become more successful in business. And one of those things is be a fearless networker. I have always, my whole life, been a fearless networker. I've never been afraid to go up to somebody in a room, unless it was Anna Winter, and shake their hand, introduce myself, get their business card or email, and follow up the next day. And that's how I've actually formed a bunch of the mentors in my life. And, you know, as far as being an influencer, content is key. So have a content calendar, have a strict schedule. Even though our jobs are not 9 to 5, we try and make it as 9 to 5 as possible. Even if you're working from home, get up in the morning, get out of your pajamas, feel like you're going into the office, even if you're not. Going to events and being part of the different communities that exist for bloggers now. This didn't exist when I was starting out. And so there's so many communities like the Like to Know It community and um, there's the Female Founder Collective and there's all these more influencer I can't think of them off the top of my head right now, but there's so many communities out there that exist. Get involved, become a part of them, and you'll learn so much from that. Someone once told me that you have to be a friend to have a friend, and sometimes this industry can feel competitive, but I I hear what you're saying is the only way to learn is is from each other. Totally. Um, But you also have to definitely make deposits in order to receive. Yeah. 
Okay, so you guys can definitely follow me on my Instagram at we were what, but also follow me on my like to know it page. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us thank today. You. Thanks for fun. the tips. In the middle of New York Fashion Week too, we're recording this just so everyone knows. <laughs> well, we can't wait to read the book. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks. To shop Danielle's chic, everyday street style looks, follow her in the Like to Know It app at We Wore What. The Like to Know It app is the only place where you can go to search for products and get 100% shoppable results, all in the context of the lives of real, influential people who use those products. Search for products like trench coat, over-the-knee boots, stroller, white marble table, and get results from real people who use them. Like to know what product search gives you an incredible contextual experience that cannot be found anywhere else. Join our community by downloading the Like to Know It app on the App Store and Google Play.